Welcome to the 10-Minute Medic, the podcast for busy paramedic students. This podcast takes one medical subject and explores it for a maximum of 10 minutes. Here's your host, Dr. Bill Young. Now that's, that's a question that I was, I was interested in. Do the symptoms seem to ease off or abate as a person gets older? Do they get worse? Is there... Uh, what what happens as a person transitions from a child into adolescence and then into adulthood? Well, and it's not an easy answer. A lot of treatments can help coach kids, it, um, provide exposure, also some social skills. And so things like um, occupational therapy, speech therapy, uh, cognitive behavioral, and social skills group all help um, kids and adults interact with their world a little better and and recognize their own triggers recognize emotion recognize a way to interface um i always say it's kind of like learning four languages different languages at once they're trying to learn how to interface with the world and those are different ways to help coach and and teach they they become a little more self-aware as they get older and they can self-regulate a little bit better and 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 really they, they've spent more time in their skin you know as a child you're you're brand new to your skin and you good just point. don't good point and, mm-hmm. right and sometimes teaching the the environment around them one of the best things that i've had exposure with being able to see special ed um specialists is how they speak they don't give overwhelming directions with four steps it's one step at a time. And so learning how to adjust how I talk, learning how to adjust um, even how I approach somebody, that's all how you can, you can learn both for that person, but environment. If you're going to come in contact with folks who have autism, learning to also speak their language. Okay. All right. So, so Nick, uh, Dustin brings up a good point as far as not giving multiple steps. Let's, let's, let's imagine that you're, you're running a scenario. You've got a 22 year old male patient that law enforcement has called you on. They're not entirely sure what's going on. When you get there, you've identified the patient is, uh, has a history of autism. Give us some ideas in your patient assessment and your interaction with the with with this patient how would you speak with them how would you minimize not having multiple steps in what you're asking the patient to do or what you're telling the patient that that you're going to do in, as as part of your assessment i, I always like to say it's kind of like going in low and slow you, okay patient you want to get down you want first of all you want to reduce all the the, the sensory stuff be it lights be it people be it you know, noise, everything. You want to limit that. And then Just all wanna, the things that we have on a on an emergency scene, huh? Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You know, Good. And, and not to get off topic, but if you can teach the family what we need to know after your first contact, saying, "Look, you know, if we knew the child was autistic, we'd learn how to adjust our response." Okay. Yeah. I that's a great wanted- point because because I tell my students that families are secondary patients that can be your, your best friends or your worst enemies. And they're, they're a lot easier and you get a lot more information from them when they're your best friends. So I think what you're saying there is, is outstanding information. 
Well, yeah, and, and, and if you think about it that way too, with a, with a, uh, an autistic person, uh, it's, it's that in spades, you know? Um, they're not gonna react well to an adversarial kind of approach or, or you know, coming in guns a blazing. You know, we got our kits, we got our firefighters with us. We're just, you know, go from zero to 60 in two seconds. Um, it's not going to do anybody, even a neurotypical person, any good. You know, you're going to crank them up with an autistic person. You're really going to jack them up. And then you're working on a meltdown. You're not getting anything done. Uh, so, you know, sitting beside them, talking softly, finding out if they like touch or don't like touch. That's key. Uh, giving them time to respond to your questions, not... You know, very often, especially new medics, as you know, we're often thinking of the next question before we hear the answer to the question we just asked. Right. Yep. And don't do that because then you're you're not going to get anywhere with any patient, but it's certainly an autistic person. You just got to ask the question, watch their reaction, give them time to respond if they can respond, um, and if they're nonverbal, there are other ways to do it. Do they have an iPad? Do they have, you know, a tablet of some sort that helps them communicate or, or you're going to have to use some other, other things, you know, the can gotcha. they write and they point to things, you know, it's, it's, you know, how EMS is, man, you just got to adjust. So the question has to be asked then, I mean, we, we beat into the student's head, what I call the BSI scene safety dance. Mm -hmm. What is the likelihood of danger for someone to get hurt, either the patient or one of the responders, if you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing, you're shutting down lights, you're, you're clearing the room out, you have minimal numbers of people, what's the likelihood of a, a patient that is autistic of becoming violent? Well, you know, it's always there. I mean, there's a lot of aggressive autism, but I think a large majority of autistic people are more huggers um, okay. than, than aggressive. But, you know, you have to use your spidey senses, you know. You have to get that history from your, your, your uh, family. Good. You know, they, they mention that the child can be aggressive. Well, maybe you don't want to be in there alone, you know, and, and maybe that's a good reason to have law enforcement on scene. But the last thing you want to do is, is restrain an autistic person. Right. It's go from bad to a whole lot worse really quick if you try and restrain. Mm -hmm. And obviously, sometimes we have to restrain, be it chemical restraints with Versed or be it, you know, uh, uh, physical restraints. But autistic people aren't developed the same way neurotypical people are. And they're a bit more fragile. Um, they have less upper body strength. Um, so, you know, you're really opening up a, a can of worms by trying to restrain or being aggressive in your approach. And, you know, you can very easily, without intending to, do everything wrong. Sure. And make us get, make, make that one outcome really bad so all future outcomes for whoever responds to this person in the future uh, are, are going to turn out the same, bad. So I, th I think you bring up a good point. Does that increase the likelihood that the patient with autism will have a, a negative outcome if you have to respond in, in the future, if they've had a bad interaction from their perspective, it may be perfectly appropriate from fire EMS and law enforcement's perspective, but if it's not toned down, lights turned off, sirens turned down, unnecessary people removed, 
does that make a meltdown more likely for future interactions? Absolutely. You know, it's just like, you know, a, a bad experience with a police officer when you get your first, you know, traffic <laughs> ticket, you know, you're going to, for every future traffic ticket, you're going to be a little freaked out by the cops, you know, same thing. And, and certainly with an autistic person, you know, they, they, they don't perceive things the same way we do. That's not saying they're dumb or ignorant. Oh, no, or no, no, no. Usually very, very intelligent, but their perception of the world around them is so heightened um, that the slightest thing can just like, it can be the tipping point. So I would say that they probably have an overdeveloped amygdala that, that, that just speeds all those impulses in through and they begin to act on them. Like we've seen some other people who don't have autism. Sometimes they overreact to things that are, are not, you know, would not seem to, to warrant that type of a reaction. Right. Exactly. And I think it's real important to never talk down to an autistic person, talk to them like you would anyone else, just low and slow, man, just okay. low and slow, try and okay. reduce stimulation and, and try and make it a pleasant experience. It's going to make it safer for, for your EMS crew, law enforcement, and certainly your patient. So if, um, if, if, uh, if the students wanted to learn more about Augie's Hope, where could they go? Well, you do, uh, Augie's Hope on Facebook, uh, it's A-U-G-G-I-E-S, uh, Hope. Um, we're there. We had a website off and on for a short bit. We're kind of going through some tribulations with that. But we have our Facebook, and it's been going for the last five or six years. Good. And whenever I have uh, trainings I do or – good insight i i post it there uh we got some videos uh we got a first responder training videos we got law enforcement training videos um not that we've done ourselves but that we've fished off the internet that we find appropriate sure. for what we're doing well guys thank you so much for taking time to uh to talk with me and with uh, the students that uh that will listen to this podcast because i think this is really important it's like Nick said, we don't come across patients with autism on a daily basis. And when they do, they can be scary. And I, I'm a firm believer that information can reduce fear. And by yeah. just understanding what to do and what not to do, I think is going to be, uh, be really, really important. And, and I think you, both of you guys have, uh, have, have helped us do that today. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, we appreciate all, all that you all are doing, and, and we're really thankful that you invited us to talk because I think it's real important. Nobody no. likes a bad call. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So on the other side of receiving it, sometimes it is when I have first responders show up for a client and it's a rough call, sometimes it's very frustrating. And so being able to interface and connect, collaborate between providers can increase um, quality care for anyone you're coming with. And, and I think one last thing to mention, I think as part of a, a, a teachable moment for parents of autistic children is get them to take the children to the, the cop mm -hmm. shop or the mm -hmm. firehouse. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Introduce them because, you know, especially if it's your community, chances are they might have to run on them. And, and if they're familiar with them, that's half the battle right there. Good yeah. point. Great, yeah. great point.